0: Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Friday, October 26th, 2018, and seven games for Friday. This is kind of like my favorite number of games for a slate is like when there's six to nine. I kind of think that's ideal, both for cash games and GPP, where there's usually enough value that you could build a decent cash lineup. And then for GPP, it's kind of good too because there's a couple of good plays, but not like too many. Like I don't really like the slates that are like 12 games where like almost every team plays and you have way too many people to choose from. And then alternatively, I don't really love the like three-game slates where there's very few options. There's a ton of overlap. So for the Thursday slate, I was so excited about the Cavaliers' starting lineup because I thought I had the greatest GPP play for, for that slate. And that was just not playing Larry Nance because... I knew that he was going to be a very popular play four game slate, and he was the guy everybody was talking up on Twitter when Kevin Love was unexpectedly ruled out in the afternoon. And I was thinking about it as uh, Larry Nance coming off a knee injury tail end of a back to back. They ended up announcing Channing Frye as the starter in place of Kevin Love. Something uh, Larry Nance is going to be limited minutes for the for the night, uh, and then he only plays nine minutes in the first half. So I got that part right, and he scores a million fantasy points in those nine minutes. So hopefully not as much from him in the second half of the game. Uh, But that was definitely my big GPP play was I have 0% Larry Nance anywhere, and I'm starting to feel not so great about that because he's like 45% owned. And I still think it was the right play because he's not looking like he's going to be playing a ton of minutes in this game. Uh, The other thing I did was the DraftKings Sportsbook, which if you guys bet on regular sports, one place that there's – a good thing to get value on is whenever there's just injuries. Like, for instance, uh, Kevin Love was ruled out, and then you could look at the player props, and a lot of times you'll be able to find value on those players before anything changes. And then vice versa, also with like lineups. The DraftKings Sportsbook had a prop on, uh, on Larry Nance over under 10 and a half rebounds. And as soon as it was announced that Channing Frye was starting and Larry Nance was coming off the bench, I max bet Larry Nance the under 10.5 rebounds before they were able to take it down and change it. So hopefully Larry Nance doesn't put up a gazillion rebounds in his nine second half minutes or whatever he ends up playing. Uh, but other than that, uh, I'll just talk about the seven games for, for Friday. We also have uh, oh, well, one thing I'll, I'll also touch on before I get there is it looks like the Houston Rockets are willing to give up four future first-round picks for Jimmy Butler, which I think is a lot to give up. Because the other thing also with the NBA rules is you're not allowed to trade first-round picks in back-to-back years anymore. Uh, we'll call it the Stefan Marbury rule, where the Knicks once decided to trade basically their entire future for Stefan Marbury, and then the trade didn't really work out for them. The team wasn't good, and they had no way to rebuild because... Uh, basically they traded all their first-round picks for the foreseeable future for Marbury. So there's a rule in the NBA now. You, you have to, if you're going to trade multiple first-round picks, you're not allowed to do it in back-to-back years. So the if the Rockets are going to give up four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler, it's basically going to be four first-round picks over the next eight years. And the Rockets might not be very good in six or eight years because that'll be towards the end of James Harden's career. Chris Paul will probably be retired by then. Jimmy Butler only has one year left on his contract. Who knows if he would even come back to Houston? So that could be a situation where we're looking at six, eight years from now, the Timberwolves are getting top draft picks from the Rockets, and the Rockets might not be good. And if they don't have their first-round picks, not have a way to really rebuild the team. So I think that would be a great haul for the Timberwolves, who don't have a whole lot of leverage in trading Jimmy Butler. But uh, Thibodeau, I don't know what the hell is going on with him. The offense is a mess. The team hasn't been particularly good this year. He seems intent on holding Jimmy Butler. If if the Rockets are actually willing to give up four first round picks, he's not able. He's not willing to trade Butler. I think that would be crazy. So seven game slate for Friday. Uh, First game is the Chicago Bulls at the Charlotte Hornets. Current injuries for your Chicago Bulls: Lori Markin in the broken arm. He's out for a couple months. And we had Chris Dunn out four to six weeks with the knee injury. Now we've got another one: the bully Bobby Portis. He's out for six weeks also with an injury. The Bulls are very beat up right now. The obvious value comes Jabari Parker, 5,500, is going to be moved into the starting lineup. As bad as he is a defensive player, there's value in him in DFS because when he's in the game, he does one thing well at the NBA level, and that's score the basketball. 5,500, I think he's going to have a lot of usage in this spot. He's going to have to play a lot of minutes. He makes sense. Uh, Zach Levine, I still think is a fine play at 7,900. Then we've got Wendell Carter is at 4,300. I think he has to see extra minutes, so he makes sense as a value play. And then Cameron Payne, I still think, is a little bit too cheap at 4,600. He was really strong. His last game scored 39 fantasy points at a 4,000 price tag. And I know some people are going to be looking at the price hike for Cameron Payne, just saying, well, Cameron Payne isn't any good. I don't want to pay 4,600 for him. But here's the reality last year, he also started for the Bulls for a little while, and his price got up to fifty-seven hundred on DraftKings. So to me, that is the fair price for Payne would be around fifty-seven hundred. And until he gets to well, that's kind of the peak price for him. I'll say the fair price is probably like low five thousands to mid five thousands. So until he gets to that like fifty-three to fifty-five hundred price range, I still think there's value in Cameron Payne, and it doesn't really matter all that much that he is a kind of shitty NBA player because he produces mid-20s, high-20s amount of fantasy points per game in the starting point guard role. And what we look at is the salary and how much they're going to produce. So I think that there's value in him. Uh, Definitely my favorite play from the Bulls is going to be Jabari Parker moving into the starting lineup. I think you need him in cash games. He's going to be massively popular, but for good reasons. And then we move to the Hornets' side of the game. Uh, There is a little bit of blowout risk here. The Bulls' defense, I think, is going to be just extraordinarily bad for all season, but especially in the short term. And and 9.5 point spread for the Hornets. But with that said, how bad the Bulls' defense is going to be? There's so much upside in targeting against them. So Jeremy Lamb, Nick Batum, Kemba Walker. I think these three guys are all solid plays from the Hornets' side of the game. And this is a really good game stack. Like, you could play as many as six guys from this game. And other than Kemba Walker, nobody's really all that expensive. And then you use a couple other pieces to the other spots on your roster, maybe pay up somewhere. And there's just so much upside in that type of uh, situation, just because if this game does stay close, cheap salaries It should be played at a a high pace. So I like like this game a lot for GPP purposes and then some good value for cash also. Uh, The next game is the Dallas Mavericks at the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I've been all over Luka Doncic this year. I love Luka Doncic. I'm strongly biased towards Luka. But with that said, I do not like this spot for the Dallas Mavericks. The Raptors look like world beaters this year. I do think that they're probably one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, I did recently bet them at plus 200 to win the division. Uh, And that's not to say I definitely think they're better than the Celtics. It's just for those odds, plus 200. I, I think it's a good chance that they're more likely to win the division than the odds imply. Uh, this game, 11 and a half point spread for the Raptors at home. I just think that there's better spots to pay up on the slate. I think that there's good value to be had elsewhere. So I'm not really on either side of this game, mostly because of the blowout risk. And then if you look at the Raptors, Kyle Lowry's played really well, Kawhi Leonard has played really well, and their prices have gone up now. So I don't see the same value in them that there was like a couple games ago. I wouldn't say that they're awful plays. I just don't think they're going to be in my player pool for this slate. Uh, next game is the Warriors at the Knicks. Another game with a massive amount of blowout risk. The Warriors, 12-point favorites in New York. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant both priced over 10000 uh, Once again, I can't fault you for playing them. I don't think they're going to make my player pool, though. There's a lot of blowout risk in this game, and there's spots that I would also rather pay up on this slate. In particular, uh, Chris Paul from the Houston side of the game, when I get to him with James Harden out, I think he's somebody I really like at $9,200. Uh, Warriors side of the game, yeah, I mean, the, the Warriors guys are priced up. Duran Curry are more expensive than they usually are. Klay Thompson's dealing with a little bit of a banged-up ankle, so I don't know how much they'll let him stay in the game if it starts to get a little out of hand. Uh, Draymond Green is only at 6600 which is a little bit cheaper than what we usually see from him, but he also has been playing with somewhat limited minutes to start the year. Hasn't played more than 33 minutes in any game yet this year, only averaging 31 minutes per game. So Warriors' side of the game, not really all that interested in. And then the Knicks' side of the game, we have the same issue, just there's the blowout risk here. And that I think the Knicks' minutes going to be a little bit spread out. If you want to take a shot on Damian Dotson and a the GBP, they've been giving him all of the garbage time minutes, and the Knicks have gotten... The Knicks are going to be blown out, I think, in quite a few games this year. We saw last game against Miami, the Knicks lose by 23 points. Dotson plays all the garbage time, plays 35 minutes, scores 42 fantasy points. So for a GPP, I think he makes sense uh, for 4,200, because I do think he's going to be a part of the Knicks rotation in terms of playing like 20 to 25 minutes per game. But then also he's going to be in there if this game gets out of hand and it's a blowout. So he makes sense for those purposes. Uh, Next game, the Clippers at the Rockets. I think this is another pretty good game to target. We're going to have value on the Rocket side with James Harden out. And on the Clippers side, uh, Tobias Harris has played pretty well this year. He's in play at 7,300. Uh, Montrezl Harrell at 4,600. Looking at his game log real quick. He's not playing a massive amount of minutes, 23, 24 minutes over the last couple of games, but 28 and 43 fantasy points. He could do a lot of damage in a short amount of time. GPP only for me at 4,600 just because of the the minutes concern, but definitely I think he makes sense for GPPs. Lou Williams has not gotten as many minutes this year. He's been marginalized a little bit by Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But we see Williams all the way down to 5,100, and he's somebody who could really score a lot of points in in a really short amount of time. If we look at last year, at his apex, he got up to uh, 9,000 price tag on DraftKings. So if we see Lou Williams, where he starts to make a couple shots, the Clippers are going to need scoring at some point in this game because the the Rockets always end up scoring a lot of points. We could see Lou Williams really put up a big game for that price tag. I think it's too cheap for him. I wouldn't trust him in a cash game just because the minutes haven't been there consistently, but part of that's because he hasn't played all that well. If he plays better, then I think we see him out on the floor more, and we know that he has massive upside. I I think that he's a strong play for his salary. From the Rocket side of the game, I mentioned that I really like Chris Paul in this spot. He is priced up to 9,200, which I think a lot of people will raise their eyebrows out. But if we look at what he did last year when James Harden wasn't on the court, he averaged 56, uh, fifty-seven, somewhere between 56 and 57. I lost my notes. Uh, DraftKings points per 36 minutes with Harden off the floor. We don't have to be worried about any kind of minutes restriction or anything like that for him because the last couple of games he was out was just due to a suspension that wasn't injury-related. So 9200 I still think is a little bit too cheap for Chris Paul. Then Eric Gordon, who averaged 37 DraftKings points per 36 minutes with James Harden off the court last year. I think there's a little value in him at 6100 And Then we could also look at Clint Capella, who's at 6700 I think all three of those guys, Paul, Capella, and Gordon, all going to be relied on for extra usage with James Harden not in the lineup. Next game here is the Milwaukee Bucks playing against the struggling Minnesota Timberwolves. We have Giannis Antetokounmpo at 11,700. He has been really, really good to start the year. Uh, 59, 57, 60, 81 fantasy points, and doing it all in a little bit less minutes than he played last year. He played uh, 37 minutes per game last year, playing 35 this year. Uh, 11,700, yeah, I think you could pay up to Giannis. I prefer paying up for him. As opposed to the Warriors guys or Kawhi Leonard, uh, I still prefer Chris Paul for his salary than Giannis. If you have the money in a lineup, I don't have an issue with going up to him. Uh, Eric Bledsoe at 6600 I think that's a little bit too cheap for Bledsoe. His last three games, 39, 48, and 30, uh, what is it? Yeah, 39, 48, 38 fantasy points. So Bledsoe at 6,600, I think there's a lot of floor, I think there's a lot of upside, this Minnesota Timberwolves team is not particularly good on defense, and from the Timberwolves side of the game, like I still expect something to happen for Carl Anthony Towns where he starts playing well at some point in time, especially if we see a trade get done, with those trade rumors kind of swirling, if we see Jimmy Butler traded before this game then there's going to be a lot of extra usage to go around. We also have Andrew Wiggins questionable after missing last game with the quad injury, which led to Josh Akobe starting in this place. Akobe did not play well, except in Tibbs tradition, no matter who starts for him, they play all of the minutes basically. So we saw Akobe suck, but still get 27 minutes, score 28 fantasy points, 10 points, 11 rebounds, only made two of 14 field goal attempts. So if... Uh, a Koji, if he's going to be playing somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty minutes at a forty one hundred price tag, I think that he would be a good play. And then we also just have to look out for is Jimmy Butler going to be moving? And like I said with Towns, he's gonna he has to have a good game eventually. He's too talented of a player. So eight thousand, I still can't trust him in a cash game. But for GPPs, yeah, I, I think he I think he makes sense. And you could pretty easily fit him and Chris Paul in uh, lineups together. If you're you uh, just in terms of kind of like the mid-ish tier type of superstar, as opposed to going up to a Giannis, uh, but still Chris Paul much the priority over Towns, and just can't trust Towns in a cash game yet. Uh, if uh, Jimmy Butler does get traded some point tomorrow afternoon, then I think that Towns would be a fine cash play at eight thousand. From the Nets, Hornet, uh, Nets Pelicans. It's next game on the slate for the Nets. We have. D'Angelo Russell at 6,200. Karis Levert at 6,300. I think Russell's a fine play. Levert, I think that's okay for him also at 6,300. Jared Allen at 57. I think it's a lot of fair pricing here. Like I wouldn't say you can't play any of these guys, but none of them are priorities for me either. One of the concerns I have is a a 9.5-point spread, The Pelicans favored, so there's a little bit of blowout risk here. We've got Anthony Davis at 11600 If we're saying Anthony Davis or Giannis, and those are the two guys that we need to look at to pay up for, I would say I prefer Giannis if you're going to pay up for one of them in a cash game, but I prefer Anthony Davis for a GPP. Uh, The reason being is just Davis does have the better matchup. He is typically the better fantasy producer than Giannis. But Davis is still a super high-variance player, and the other thing also is just the blowout risk here would have me off him in cash games. For GPP, though, I think Anthony Davis is fine. I think Drew Holiday's fine, Alfred Payton's fine. I I wouldn't trust any of these guys in cash game just because of that blowout risk that I talked about before. The final game on the slate, and the one with the highest point total of the night, 237.5 points for the Washington Wizards at the Sacramento Kings. Wizards favored by four and a half points. They typically struggle on the road, but this Kings team I just don't think is particularly good. I think they're going to be bad on defense. I think that they're going to be very easy to score on. Uh, John Wall I think is fine at 8,500. Bradley Beal, I don't know if I'd want to pay up 7,600 for him. I'd rather just go to Wall. And then Otto Porter I also think is a fine play at 5,800. So Wall and Porter, kind of my preferred plays here from the Wizards side of the game. And then we have Jan Mahimi is questionable to play. He's been starting in place of Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is also still out. If Mahimi is ruled out, then Kelly Oubre Jr. I think is in play at 4,500, but that's only if Mahimi is not able to play. Final part, uh, final half of the final game on the slate for the Kings. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, I think, is the most trustworthy option here, even though he... uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so De'Aaron Fox, he's he's been the one guy who gets consistent minutes for the Kings. The only time we've seen him not play big minutes has been in a blowout situation. When they lost by a bunch to Denver, he only played 21 minutes. When they lost by a bunch to the Pelicans, he only played 26 minutes. Other than that, 38 minutes, 42, 37. So De'Aaron Fox, I think, is the best and most trustworthy play on the Kings at 6,800. The other guys, it's just really hard to figure out the minutes for them. Buddy Heald, his minutes were going down every game since the first game of the season. And then last game, 41 and a half minutes against the Grizzlies. So I'll say Buddy Heald at 5,500 is a good GPP play. I can't trust any Kings guys in cash games. Uh, Marvin Bagley, we've seen him put up really big games, but also the minutes are all over the place for him. So I would only trust him in a GPP, but there is upside in him at 5,200. Same goes for Willie, Cauley, Stein. I think this is a game that you could stack. You could take Wall and Porter and then say like healed Fox and Bagley or something like that. But once again, it's just going to be hard to trust Dave Yeager and and any of his players in a cash game outside of De'Aaron Fox, because we've seen this from Yeager in the past where he's just not trustworthy with minutes. He, he messes up with his rotation too much, but I do think that we see Fox see consistent minutes throughout the season. That's something I could very easily see myself uh, eating crow on the next couple of weeks when all of a sudden we see only 20 minutes for De'Aaron Fox, but we haven't seen that so far this year. We've seen him be the one guy who Jaeger seems to trust. So that'll wrap up the podcast for today, and I hope you guys have a good weekend. You go follow me on Twitter at GErenbergDFS, and I'll be back for Monday's slate.